Hey everybody, welcome to Inside the Genie's Lamp podcast where we go on a deep dive to help you discover how to move on from yo-yo diets and away from toxic diet culture. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Travis Murrells. I'm the owner and a head coach of The Fitness Genie. I've battled extremely poor mental health, manic depression, crippling anxiety, homelessness, and the absolute rock bottom that comes with those depressive thoughts. Fast forward to today, however, I've coached over 1,000 people to reduce anxiety, heal their relationships with food, themselves, and their body. Now we have an amazing, outstanding team coaching women all over the globe to achieve the body, but more importantly, the life that they want to be living. So if you're someone that is ready to move on from the classic 90s fad diets, Slimming World, Jenny Craig, unsustainable 1200 calorie meal plans, and you want some freedom in your life, then this is the podcast for you. All of our coaching is one-on-one and 100% customized to the individual. We find a middle ground to start from and build the program around the client as opposed to trying to get a client to fit our system. We decided to say, fuck it, throw out the previous designs of the fitness industry and create something that actually works. Designing it from scratch every time a new client wants to change their life and signs up. So I'm not gonna keep you any longer. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram so you can engage when we're looking for feedback, ideas, discussion topics, and all that fun stuff. But otherwise, enjoy this episode of Inside the Genie's Lamp. Everybody, hope you're doing amazing. Today, I want to quickly run you through something that popped up with a coaching client. It was actually last week, and then it popped up again with a client this week, and then she was just like, fuck no, that's not me. (laughs) I was like, oh, thank God. Uh, But I just want to run through this idea of... Is your idea of consistency actually just disguised as perfectionism? One of the interesting things that I've found out about this is almost every single person that comes on board for any amount of coaching, initially they go, I start off really well and I'm all motivated to do some stuff, but then I just lose the consistency. Maybe I'm just lazy, maybe I'm this, maybe I'm that, whatever. The big thing, whenever someone says, I lack consistency or I start really well and then I just lose the consistency. I go, what do you mean by that? Like, what is consistency for you? And then they go, well, I end up going six days a week, start off with like six days a week, end up doing really well. And then somewhere in there, I end up just completely falling off the face of the earth. I'm like, cool. Have you tried doing three days a week? Oh, no. Cool. Maybe let's start there. So, When a lot of people bring up the consistency issue, normally what happens for them to get out of consistency is something along the lines of, there was a minor inconvenient that happened to my plan and it wasn't perfect, so then I completely went off the rails and then I just lost all consistency. If that's what you have been doing your entire life and you're a classic yo-yo dieter that has tried everything, every diet under the sun and it's still not working and you're heavier now than when you started dieting, I can almost guarantee you, you are one of the more consistent people that I have ever met. (laughs) You have been consistently up and consistently down. You have done the exact same thing, essentially, done the exact same thing time and time and time again. You are consistent. You're consistent in the positive and then you're consistent in the negative. And everything as to where we are right now as people or as individuals Everything that has gotten us there has been our decision-making. And I'm not making this podcast to sort of like point the finger or do anything. 
or do anything or put the blame onto people, but I'm trying to shift the perspective around from you actually have been incredibly consistent. The issue with that in terms of what we're wanting now is misaligned to making the decisions that we did previously. So if we're looking at the consistency, if you've done the a diet nine times, and you're saying every time that I start my diet, I go really well for four weeks and then I fall off the face of the earth and I lose motivation and then I just stop going. How many times has that happened? Oh yeah, about nine times. Cool. Your 100% success rate of being consistent. Every time you've done a diet, you've done the exact same thing. That's consistency. If you are consistently mediocre and consistently or consistently shit at a job or life or whatever, that's going to bring you the outcomes of being consistent in a negative aspect. But we all have this thing, particularly the clients that I'm speaking to when they initially come on board, we're looking at consistency as perfectionism. And when we're consistently looking at consistency being disguised as, or perfectionism being disguised as consistency, we just go, oh, and just fall off the face of the earth because it leans into the all or nothing mindset that I'm willing to bet 90 odd percent of you that are listening to this right now have, and that sucks. But you've been consistent in terms of starting a diet. You've been consistent in falling off at around about the same time. You've been consistent in picking diets that just don't work for you. You've been consistent in going six days a week to the gym and then nothing. You've been consistent in doing the exact same thing time and time and time again. So how do we get out of it? Realize, are you making a decision based on the all or nothing principle in your head? Right. Monday, I'm starting, I'm shopping, I'm doing all this. And there's straight off the bat, I'm already like, fuck, that's a lot of work. And I'm the professional that's meant to teach you. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I cannot be bothered doing that. And I know that's a little bit weird to say because I'm like, yeah, go do that. Go slay queen and go do all these things that you want to do. It's fuck it. It's way too much work. Particularly, like if you want to do that and you have the capacity to do that, fantastic. But if you're spending three, four hours on a Sunday to meal prep and you've got all that stuff done, fantastic. You're a disciplined person. You are better than I. I don't do that shit and I barely recommend it to my clients. If it's taking the mental load off of you, fantastic, do it. But if it's starting to create resentment around food, I don't recommend meal prepping for an entire week. Particularly... I can't remember who said this, but a client said it. I know that much. They go, when I meal prep for the entire week, if I put something in the freezer, I might as well chuck it in the bin. Freezer is the bin. Because they know that if they're going to be reheating food that's coming from the freezer, it's not going to be tasting that great. Yeah, it's there and it's planned and it's an, it's an awesome emergency backup. But particularly in today's world where it's like, I don't want that. Open up the phone, swipe, swipe, swipe. That plus cheese, plus, 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 plus cheese. Uh, plus a little bit more cheese and you know what? Double that order. Send, that'll be at your house in 20 minutes. That's how easy it is to be like, nah, I don't want that. And then have something else compared to like not even that long ago, like five years ago when Uber Eats wasn't in suburbs, it was mainly just big cities and the orders of foods that you could get was very limited. I remember a time when McDonald's wasn't deliverable. <laughs> you had to go out at 2am and go get it. But that's how easy it is now to fall off track of, I don't want that instant gratification on the phone. If it's an emergency in terms of, I don't have any food and I can't order that stuff. Yeah, putting it in the freezer, amazing. But if we're leaning into the all or nothing mindset of, hey, we need to fucking get away from this. That is a big issue that we need to figure out. 
because if you're putting something in the freezer and you know that you're more than likely not going to eat it and you know that's a big issue, but you're, you've got in your head still that, okay, I have to plan for the entire week. I have to have all my meals sorted. No. If you're someone that is eating Uber Eats three times a week, we go, how do we get down to one a week? How do we, you know what, let's just make Friday takeaway night or let's just make a date night or let's just do a family game. Let's just do whatever the fuck it is. We're going to plan that once a week. So on Saturday night or Friday night or whenever it is that you want it to be on this particular day, you're not tracking calories. You're not, you're ordering Uber Eats or you're getting a whole pizza. You're getting this, you're getting whatever the fuck it is that you want, right? You're organizing that for the Friday night. So then you know that's taken care of. So what do we do? Let's plan Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Awesome. On the Thursday, if you've got the plan or if you've got the capacity to do it, let's cook on the Thursday or the Friday, or you can do what I call lazy slash efficient <laughs> meal prepping, which is just cook more for dinner. So instead of having the dinner of, okay, that serves four, bump it up a little bit to make it serve six. So then that way you and your partner still have lunch for tomorrow or you have lunch for tomorrow and the day after. So then you've got lunch for that. Uh, oh my God, you've got lunch. When would you be cooking it? Jesus, you've got organized Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So that's all good. That's the entire days on Wednesday night. There we go. Struggling with my own imaginative calendar <laughs> on the Wednesday night, you cook lunch that serves six instead of four. So then you have lunch sorted for Thursday and Friday. And then on Friday night, you know that you're having that takeaway or games night or date night or whatever it is. And there's no guilt around that because you've worked towards it. I'm not saying that you need to use food as a reward, but I fucking love using food as a reward because it's fucking awesome. As long as you're not using it as a punishment is the thing. Again, we're all about inclusivity. We don't exclude shit. We're not targeting people to say, you are completely wrong. You are completely fucking stupid for doing this. It's cool if you want to do, I've got some clients that have done keto before. And it's just what works for you. What is good for you? I've had some people where they're like, okay, I need to do 20 grams of carbs. And it's like, okay, cool. Your doctor has said that. Let's do that and roll with it. How do we make it work for you? It's including everything that is in your life, but figuring out a way to somewhat optimize it to make sure that you're still going to see the results that you want, sustain them long-term and not feel like you're doing this massive light at the end of the tunnel challenge. We're here to create a different lifestyle and a different mindset and relationship when it comes to food selections and then making sure that you feel good about those food selections. And in particular, in particular, removing guilt, shame, and judgment around the food that you are having because that has just been inbuilt into society. You see a large person eating something that they quote unquote shouldn't be eating. And it's like, oh, okay. Hey everybody, just wanted to jump in here to remind you that Christmas is just around the corner. And one of our busiest time periods for signups is late November through to around about mid December. One of two things happens around this time. One, people either start for around about four to eight weeks before Christmas, obviously depending on their start date, so that they can get the foundations of their health journey and what works for them in the tangible sense. Then when we come back into it in the new year, we just flick the switch, keep doing what we were doing and away we go. Or number two, what's most common for clients of mine is they lay down their deposit and start paying off the program now so that their payment schedule is extended, which helps out the budget a lot. From there, 
They're locked in and ready to go for when we come into the new year. Knowing that they're secured, we have a start date, they have their program already in hands, they're in and they're committed to smash out the new year with a coach that is not going to let them fall into another shitty resolution thing that they've always done. This is the last quote unquote weight loss thing that you will ever do for a resolution. We can guarantee you that because we teach our clients to make us redundant. So if you are interested in this, check out our website for details, www.thefitnessgenie.com.au or visit the link in our Instagram bio for everything else Fitness Genie. But for now, back to the episode. That's been ingrained into a lot of people. And one of the things that we like to do is make sure that that guilt, shame, and judgment is gone. Because what happens when you do have that guilt, shame, and judgment, fucking catchphrase of the show so far, when you have those negative emotions, let's umbrella term it, when you have those negative emotions associated to something, what happens? Emotional eating. I want to eat my emotions, I don't want to feel like this, and I just need to feel better. What's the quickest, easiest, most convenient way for me to feel better right now? Boom, Uber Eats, do it again. If we can, and I've said it so many times, but just to reiterate it, going over your calories for a day is not going to ruin anything. It's the emotional response to going over your calories that is going to ruin something, and particularly in relation to weight loss and body composition goals. If you're, you know, if you're content being overweight or being wherever it is that you want to be in life, then fantastic. You don't need to change anything because you're fucking ecstatic and you're happy and you're content with life. Go for it. Uh, then you don't need to make any changes. But if you're listening to this podcast, I'm willing to bet that there is some sort of either physical weight loss goal that we're after or a body recomposition, or how do you have a better emotional and mental relationship with food and yourself and all the other fun stuff that we talk about. So uh, that's how to get rid of emotional eating. I tangent tangented, tangented, I tangent streamed my way away from the actual topic that I was talking about, but I will go full circle on it. You can guarantee, I can guarantee that. So when we're talking about the emotional eating, going over your calories and, oh my God, going over your calories is not the issue, but the emotional response to going over your calories is the issue. And that is usually where people have gotten derailed and they've gotten away from, oh my God, I went over my calories and then insert emotional response, and then, to bring it back full circle, they're very consistent in having that response for an emotional response of eating and ordering food. And if we can get away from that and build the consistency of, you have the date night, the family night, the once a week I'm ordering this food and I'm planning it out, when we get rid of that, we are consistent. We're creating the routine. Monday through Friday, we are planned. On the Friday night, we also have that planned. Saturday and Sunday, I would recommend being planned for them because they're the same as any other day. Your body doesn't recognize that it's a Saturday compared to a Tuesday. So one of the things that I would do is recommend being ready for that. But then making sure that those things are either very easy to be made from home or you've already got them in the fridge. I wouldn't recommend cooking up a whole feast unless you have already planned that that's what you're going to do on that day and you have set time aside for it. Because on the weekends, you typically get caught up in the shit that you didn't have time for during the week and then your weekend is over and it's like, what the fuck, where did that go? How did I eat 4,000 calories every day on well, Saturday and Sunday? Uh, and then you're back into a calorie surplus and you're gaining 200 grams a week and then that consistently compounds into one year later where 15 kilos heavier, oh my God, how did it get like this? Uh, so again, the consistency of our actions, good or bad, you're always consistent with them. 
breaking the cycle of consistency is going to be a big thing that we're going to have to work on. Because obviously, the number one thing that we do and that a lot of people do want are healthy habits. How do we put those healthy habits in there without making sure that it's another crash diet? The stupid answer is consistency. If you consistently show up for yourself and be the person that you want to be and act as the person that you want to be, even if you're in the headspace of fake it until you make it, let's fucking do that because it's better than being consistent in the negative. So then we just start building momentum. And then when we finish the program, usually six months, because that's what I recommend for everyone as a minimum, six months later, we've done all of these small little consistent steps throughout 24 weeks back to back. And you look back and you're like, oh, it actually doesn't feel like I'm finishing a program. It just feels like this is what I do. This is how I wake up. And this is the stuff that I like doing now. It may have started with going to the gym one day. And then four weeks later, it was like, yeah, I think I can go to two days. Whatever it was, it was just consistency. And then we just upped the level of the intensity of the task that we're doing. Going from the gym, wow, going to the gym one day a week, and then it was two days a week. And then four weeks later, it could be three days a week. And then four weeks later, it could be fucking five days a week. I don't care. But it's being consistent. Everyone is very good at being consistent because they have their habits. 98% of what we do is subconscious and habitual. So that already tells us that you're a very consistent creature because 98% of your life is already subconscious and planned out for you. The other 2% are decisions. So how do we fix that 98% and make that habitual and subconscious? How do we make them work for us? We be consistent in the positive aspect. But if you are someone that has one little inconvenience or one little road bump or one little, oh my God, this wasn't my plan. And then you're completely throwing yourself under the bus. And then you go, well, it's just the consistency. I really struggle with that. It's not the consistency. It's not the fact that you are quote unquote lazy. It's not the fact that you're missing motivation. It's the fact that you have insanely high standards for yourself that you can't live up to because who the fuck can live up to that with everything else that they have going on in their life. And you're setting these unrealistic, at least unrealistic right now, you're setting from zero to a hundred unrealistic expectations of yourself. You know what? I haven't been to the gym in three years and I've been on and off with sport. And then I walk around and I've had a kid and I've done this and I've done all these different things. I've got a new career and now my responsibilities have completely changed. You know what I should do? I should devote my life to going to the gym and counting calories and chucking all of these added stresses on. That's what'll fix me. No, it won't. We start slow. What is the capacity that you have for right now? If it's just going to the gym twice a week, fucking do that until you get bored with it or until it's just a part of your natural routine, then we up it to three. Or maybe after we've had that, let's chuck in a protein shake after the gym because you're starting to get a little bit hungry now that you're moving more. Then we do that for an extended amount of time. The consistency isn't your issue. It's setting unrealistic expectations of yourself from the get-go of let's do what a bodybuilder would do immediately straight out of the gate having four years off or having seven years off or brand new to the gym. doesn't make sense when I say it like that, does it? Everyone acts like a professional bodybuilder, despite the fact that they have no intention of stepping on stage. And this is one of the issues with the industry is that every single fucking personal trainer out there and person that does meal plans and stuff, they are coaching a general populace that 
they are coaching a general populace as if they're about to get ready for a fucking bikini competition. When at the end of the day, the person on the questionnaire or the person at the other end of the phone is just like, hey, I just want to get fitter and healthier so I can keep up with my kids. The 22-year-old personal trainer on the other end is going to go, yeah, sweet. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, go through a bulking season. Then we're going to go through a shredding season. Here's your meal plan. Don't deviate from it. And I expect you to be as committed and consistent and disciplined as someone that's about to step on stage in about 24 weeks. How does that sound? And then it's like, yeah, cool, if that's what you do, I guess. And it's just the default that every personal trainer has because obviously when they're coming into the industry, they are just fucking conditioned to think bodybuilding is the absolute epitome of what the personal training industry should be because this is the physical aesthetic and this is how they get. The amount of fucking bodybuilders and competitors that I know that have severe mental health issues, particularly when they're shredding down to get that lean and then staying that lean, there's no way you're going to stay stage lean at all. That's just a fucking, no one does that. What they typically do is they get that lean and then they book in a million fucking photo shoots and then they use that content all year round from different outfits and they say, if you want to get lean like me, fucking apply to my jot form in my Instagram bio. That's what they do. But the issue is that almost every new personal trainer is not coming into the industry and saying, how can I help this person? They go, how can I get this person as lean as possible and get them ready to compete on stage? Because that's what I want to do and that's what I know and that's what we've essentially been taught. Go to the gym, move, lift heavy shit, and then also here's all the protein and all that stuff. That's the very basic of essentially what I do as well, but building it out in a way that is going to be able to be consistent for the person that just wants to be able to keep up with their son or daughter or just enjoy life a lot more instead of treating it like a second job and a chore and trying to chase people to get paid to look a particular way. That's why whenever, that's why I have such mad respect for Rob McElhenney of when he, he got so many questions of when he did his complete shred for Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It was like, what do you do? Like, what was your program? What was your nutrition like? And he was like, well, essentially what you need to do is you need to get your personal chef. You've got a personal chef, right? And a dietitian, and you need to get them to be able to build a meal plan for you and cook and make sure it's all structured and that you don't deviate from that plan at all. Um, if you've got spare time with your kids, get rid of that because you're just going to be spending that at the gym. Make sure that you're having a call with this person and that person get the studio or the Hollywood studio to pay for all of that stuff as well. And he was just straight out. It's not realistic. You can't do this because he had a fucking multi-million dollar studio paying for the entire thing. And he had so many more resources than the single mother of three who is like, how the fuck can I just get more steps in? Because my kids are absolutely doing my head in and I have anxiety and depression and I just fucking can't do this right now. Last thing we want to do is be like, yeah, let's get you into the gym six days a week because that's what everyone else is doing, huh? We don't want to do that. What we do want to do is create consistency around healthy habits and start them with the capacity that you currently have. Because if you can start with the capacity that you currently have, it's going to get boring or it's going to eventually increase the capacity that you have. So then instead of operating at, let's just say 60% of what your overall capacity quote unquote should be, instead of starting at 60% and saying, you know what, that's all the energy that I've got. It's like, cool, let's start at 60% then. And eventually what's going to happen is all the actions that you take at 60% are eventually going to increase that capacity to 64%. And then we go, we've got an extra 4% here that we can work with. What do we do on that? Let's bump this up to get to 64%. And then slowly compounding that over time, whether it's six months or 12 months or 24 months, eventually you will be back up to 100% capacity. 
because you've slowly learned to incorporate them into your life and be consistent with them and learn how to deal with the emotional responses that come with not being perfect. So I can almost guarantee you consistency is not your issue. It is perfectionism described. It is perfectionism disguised as consistency. That is your issue. Let's get away from setting unrealistic expectations for yourself and just fucking sit in the moment and say, realistically, what do I have the capacity to do this week? What can I do this week that I realistically have the capacity to do? Do that for two weeks. At the end of the two weeks, reevaluate. What do I realistically have the capacity to include from here? And then we're going to consistently do that until we eventually look back and say, holy fuck, I can't believe how far I've come.